Hey everyone, welcome to today's Take Heart. As a family here in Watford, we have been reading through the Gospel of John and, uh, and loving it because it points us to who Jesus is. And one of the ways that John does that is he chooses just seven of all of Jesus's miracles to record. And uh, rather than calling the miracles um, the word that's used in the other three Gospels, which is this Greek word for power, he calls the miracles signs. And of course, the point of a sign is it points beyond itself to something else. And each of the miracles in John, they point us to the person of Jesus and they show us something about who he is. I don't know if you remember last Friday, if you listened, but we were looking at the wedding at Cana where the first of the signs happens. Jesus turns the water into wine. And then in John chapter four, five and six, there are four more signs that happen in rapid succession. And I just want to chat through them and maybe have a little ponder for a few minutes on each on what they show us about Jesus. So the second sign that is recorded also occurs when Jesus is in Cana. And uh, an official comes from a town that's about 20 miles away called Capernaum. He comes looking for Jesus because his son is dying. And he says to Jesus, please come and heal him. And Jesus says to, to him, go and your son will live. And so the official goes back to Capernaum, takes Jesus at his word. And kind of like on his way back, he bumps into one of his servants who's rushing in the other direction, who tells him your son has been healed. Jesus has just healed him remotely. And um, they, they have a conversation. They work out that the, the son was healed at the exact moment where Jesus had said, your son will live. And so they believe in Jesus and they put their trust in him. What does this sign show us about Jesus? How can it speak to our situation today? Well, I think it shows us loads about Jesus. But one of the things that jumped out at me as I was reading it is just the reminder that Jesus's word uh, he's good for it. It's good and it's true. And when he says something, even as he spoke the world into motion, when he speaks to us today, he, he speaks words that are, they are trustworthy. And for some of us, we're longing for, for Jesus to say something fresh to us. But actually, for many of us at the moment in these days, the challenge is to hold on to the things we know he's already spoken into our lives. You know, and we don't need to have had a voice from heaven sort of waking us up at night to, to have had a word from God. It's the words that we read that can happen, but it's the words that we read in this book. You know, the scripture where he says to us, um, you know what, I, I love you and my love endures forever. Or he says to us, if you ever confess your sin, I will forgive it and I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Or he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power really is made perfect in weakness. Or he assures us that the good work that he started in us, he will bring it to completion. But God has spoken his truth to us. And sometimes it's a bit hard to hold on to that when we're in the position like that dad must have been having just left Jesus, but before he found out that his son had been healed. And in that moment, he just had to take Jesus at his word. These are days for us to more than ever cling on to, hold on to the truth of God's word. The next sign that happens is another healing straight after this. John chapter five. Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's at the pool of Bethesda. And there is a guy there who's been crippled for 38 years. 
Just imagine being in that position for 38 years. Jesus walks up to him and he says, get up. And the word that he uses in the New Testament elsewhere is, is translated and speaks of resurrection. And it must have felt like that to the guy who'd been lying there uh, for 38 years to suddenly get up would have felt like going from being dead to being alive, walking into a whole new life in that moment. But Jesus speaks this word and his entire world is transformed. How does that sign point us to Jesus? What does it say about him? It says that for Jesus, impossible really, truly is nothing. That whilst with us, um, so many things are impossible, with him, nothing is outside of his control. And it speaks to me hope that however desperate a situation might be, however impossible it might seem for it to turn around, maybe it's been like that for such a long time, when Jesus gets involved, um, all bets are off and all transformation can happen. A third sign um, happens in the feeding of the 5,000, John chapter 6. And one of my favourite moments in the feeding of the 5,000 is it says that Jesus looked and he saw a large crowd coming towards him. He just saw a lot of hungry bellies coming towards him. And he says to Philip, um, where are we going to get food for all these, all these people? And Philip says to him, uh, I've got no idea, basically. Uh, but you get this little detail in the text which says, Jesus said that to Philip, but he, already, he said it to test him because he already knew what he was doing, he was going to do. He already had a plan. Um, he already knew what he was going to do. And isn't that sneaky of Jesus to ask that question to Philip? How, how are we going to feed them when Jesus himself already has a plan and of course in the story what happens is he he kind of acts the plan out he carries it out and the plan was always to feed them with a in, in an abundant way to meet their concrete need for lunch in a miraculous and extravagant and an abundant way there's 12 basketfuls of food left over at the end of this at the end of this miracle it's another sign and it points us to Jesus one of the things I think it says about Jesus is that he does have a plan. And we might not know what it is. We might see the need around us. We might see the need in the mirror and we might think, oh my word, I, I've really no idea how this need's going to get met. But he already has a plan to provide. When he speaks of his father in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, my father knows what you need. You know, he cares for the birds. How much more does he care for you? He cares for the flowers. How much more does he care for you? He cares for you is what he's saying. And then he demonstrates that care in this particular miracle by, by feeding and meeting their concrete needs. And for me, it's a reminder of the fact that I don't know how half of this stuff is going to happen, but he does have a plan. And his plan is to meet our needs and to meet the needs of the world around us. And the final sign comes... Uh, after the, the, the feeding of the 5,000, what happens is Jesus goes off to pray for a bit by himself and the disciples get in a boat and they go off into the middle of Lake Galilee. A storm comes down and then John tells us the story of how Jesus walks on the water over the waves and, uh, and speaks to them in the storm and says they're obviously terrified and then they see him and they get even more scared because they think he's a ghost. And he says to them, uh, don't be afraid. 
it is I, don't be afraid. And obviously the fear would have been there for the disciples because of the storm and the waves and the wind, but also for the Jewish people, the storm represented, the, the, the sea represented the forces of chaos. And so there's something incredibly profound about Jesus walking right through the middle over the tops of the waves that represented chaos and then speaking a word and the word was, do not be afraid. The reason those words have authority we see in a moment because then he gets into the boat and the whole of the chaos stops. It's calm. This is a sign that points us to the fact that Jesus is sovereign, that Jesus rules and reigns. We're given a picture at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation of what's going to happen when he returns. And it's not just going to be the wind and the waves that are going to bow down to him. It's going to be every creature in heaven and on earth that will bow the knee to Jesus. But we also see in this picture that he's not just waiting for that to happen, but he's here with us right now in the middle of the storm. And I feel often at the moment like my days are full of chaos and my emotions are like the waves going up and down, up and down, up and down, round. And my thoughts are like the wind going round and round in my head. And what I need to do when I look at this sign is allow it to point me to him to remind me of the fact that he is the king of kings, to encourage me to listen, to listen for his voice saying to me, Andy, it's me, don't be afraid. This is our Jesus and these signs, they reveal him to us. Isn't he amazing?